and welcome listeners to this episode of the Ladies Hacking Society podcast. I'm Helen, the Chapter Support Manager for LHS, and today we have one of our newest chapter admins, Megan Pentecost, on the podcast with us. Hey, Megan. Hey, Helen, and hello, listeners. <laughs> it's lovely to have you joining us, and I'm sure we're going to do loads of these podcasts together. But can you introduce yourself to the listeners and maybe tell them a fun fact about you? Sure, and thanks. So I'm one of the admins for the London chapter, as you mentioned. I currently work in information security, and in addition to that, I also love to knit fun stuff. Yes, yes. You do make amazing knitted hats and other brilliant things, but you also do something else in your spare time, don't you? Tell the listeners. (laughs) Yeah, so this isn't going to be the first time of mine on a podcast. In fact, I have one of my own that I do in my free time. (laughs) Come on, tell the listeners what it's called. (laughs) First off, I love how you're laughing already, but uh, (laughs) so so it's called Screams and Moans, and it's the podcast about movies and sex, but not together, because that would be porn. porn. I love it. I love it. I really do. So make sure you check out Megan's other podcast if that's your flavour. Go for it, guys. Um, but Megan, it's really brilliant that you've joined LHS um, and we, we love having you on the admin team. So you kind of joined us in the early days, didn't you, when we were still doing our cyber kill chain stuff? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, Really, I think it's that I love that sense of community and support that I experienced at LHS. And I feel as an admin now, it's wonderful that I can contribute more to the community and, you know, encourage other women to get into cyber as well. Uh, It's going to be, it's amazing. It's amazing to see women like, yes, I can do this. Um, And um, it's also why we're having a special edition today that spotlights our members. It's the member spotlight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm really looking forward today because we've got two fabulous guests and members of LHS on with us today. Both love GRC, both are cyber rock stars, and they've both been active in the LHS community for ages, and we love them. So please welcome the awesome Reg Blumen and Dan Dees. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Welcome, ladies. Um, So let's start out by hearing a bit about you. So that, you know, tell us about yourselves. Uh, How about Reg? You go first. Um, Cool. So I'm Reg. Um, Super excited to be here. And like Megan, this is my first podcast. Um, So I am a member of LHS. I am an ex-marketeer. Um, yes. I've always hated that market marketeer. Marketing freedom. Yes, I know. Um, so I've escaped. Um, I am now a security analyst, um, and I focus primarily uh, on GRC. Um, oh, yes. In my spare time, I crochet and I want to knit. Um, so Megan, oh. we can we can catch can up work after on this. That. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I also crochet, so like minds. <laughs> and what about you, Dan? Do you want to intro yourself? Yeah. Okay. So I'm Dan, and um, I've been in. Well, I, I used to work in uh, information security. Uh, back in, I call it back in the day. I like to call it back in the day because it feels like forever ago. Um, left to have a family, uh, 
went into training and then decided I want to come back to cyber security. So I had to start the whole process all over again. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm currently working in GRC. Absolutely love it. It's so amazingly interesting. Um, and in my spare time, I've watched lots of Korean movies. <laughs> say that again. Did you say Korean movies? I did. Korean movies. So, you know, like all the period dramas and stuff. Oh, wow. So that's my, that's my sad. I'm with me. I don't sad. think it's sad at all. No. <laughs> Not at all. Is there anything you would recommend that we should have a look at? Um... I would say, oh, there's so many. There's so many really good ones. Um, there's another one for you, Megan. Called Mr. Fox. And that is really super interesting. So, I mean, if you're a period drama person, then you're going to love these um, because it's all, you know, the kings and the queens and all the old traditional dress wear and stuff like that. So, yeah. There that, 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 that's a screen for you. <laughs> exactly. And then maybe, you know, we could talk about Victorian times or different periods of the other half of the podcast. So. Okay, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> brilliant, 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 brilliant. Um, but Reg, this is actually your first cyber role, isn't it? You're, you're, you're relatively new to GRC. I am, yeah. Um, so this is, I've dabbled in... Um, so GDPR was, you know, especially relevant to marketing um, in terms of not being able to spam people. Um, so I got into um, GRC kind of um, inadvertently, really, a couple of years ago. Um, I've always worked for small companies. So a lot of the stuff I did crossed over into that area. Um, and it was just something that I fell in love with, um, which I know sounds really cringe because I don't know many people who love policies and frameworks, but love it. Um, I think me? <laughs> me? you're in a like-minded room right here. <laughs> you are. You're amongst friends. I think we've just lost everyone who's going to be listening. They're like, no, <laughs> not for me. Um, but yeah, so um, I, you know, I fell in love with it. Um, I made the move across. Um, so I've been in a role for three weeks now. So um, yeah, very new. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And what's the best bit so far? Um, everything. I just, I think I have, a, I have at least one moment every day where I think I can't believe this is my job now. Um, and, you know, it's great to, it's really interesting to kind of be the other side of the curtain because I've, when I've been in marketing, I've always worked for tech companies. Um, I work for managed service companies who sell security services. So I've always kind of pushed out the marketing spiel about, you know, this is best practice. This is what you should be doing. Um, and it's really interesting to see the other side of it now. Um, and I've always kind of known this was going to be the case was it's one thing to have a textbook you know, this is best practice, this is what we recommend, and it's another to see it in practice, and you've got legacy systems, and nothing's ever as, as easy as it is on paper, um, and so it's been really interesting to see um, that kind of risk mitigation and that risk acceptance in terms of, you know, what's acceptable for the business, what do we tolerate because the business needs it, what do we put in place, um, or kind of when do you stand up and when do you push back to the business and say, actually, you know, this has to change, um, so yeah, I just, I think 
everything every day I've had at least a couple of minutes every day where I've gone this is so interesting and I love it <laughs> that's awesome I think that's awesome what about you Dan did any of that kind of ring true for you uh, lots of it um I the side of GRC I'm doing is slightly probably more technical because although we're dealing with policies and, and everything else it's about making sure that the that things are in place technically so all the lovely architectural diagrams and everything that they marry up with what they agree or they've said is their policies those types of things so it's quite interesting because I get to do the tech side of things and the policy side of things so it's, it's fantastic for me and I definitely agree with that every day kind of going hey this is my job and I'm <laughs> loving it stuff um, yeah <laughs> it's just so amazing because if you'd have asked me two years ago if I'd be doing what I love every single day to the point where you know I, I'm eating it sleeping it type thing I would have gone there no, that's not going to happen for, for me but if it can happen for me it can happen for everyone and I, I absolutely love what I'm doing I think that's a really great message actually and I was going to ask Dan kind of what's your do you have a favorite piece of that like what what is the interest that really drives you in in your work it's and... just so super interesting um you know I mean I've always been interested in tech anyway but I think it's it's just that it's it's a bit like what Reg said you know it's not just about knowing what a textbook says it's about actually applying it and then, you know, you're not just applying it just by going, yeah, I know that policy and that policy is supposed to do this and this is what you're supposed to do. With my job, you're looking also at have they actually done that? Is it really there? Is it really in place? You know, and it's not just a, a lovely piece of paper that they keep in a drawer for the next <laughs> for the next year type thing. So, um, yeah, no, that definitely is a driver every morning. I, I get up and I smile every morning, which I... You know, I, I can't say I didn't like love training, but not like this. I, I love this. I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I, you know, I enjoyed parts of marketing, definitely. You know, I did it for 10 years. There were bits of it I loved. Um, but I would never take time off work to go to a marketing conference. I would never, you know, watch marketing videos in the evening. I would never practice marketing in the evenings. Um, it's something that I live and breathe and love. Um, so yeah, like dance, you know, you wake up every morning and like, I can't believe I get to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you about the marketing practices. I am also a marketing escapee. It is possible, guys. Follow the light. Come over. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I think the only thing I used to take away from conferences really was um, measuring swag, to be honest. Mm, yeah. You know, who's got the bigger, better swag and is the way I can get more budget so I can get better swag because really I just want to use it. Yep. <laughs> what an advert there, Dan. I think that's an awesome advert that you just kind of uh, put these together. But when you were talking about the measure, about putting processes in place for GRC and actually looking at the policies and actually seeing that the business um, actually applies them, how do you measure that? How do you know that people are following those policies? Well, it's, it's I mean, for within what I'm doing, you're, you've got to look at, you know, uh, everything from 
you know, the network architecture diagrams right through to flow processes they'll give you for different things that they're dealing with. Um, you know, if it's PCI DSS, uh, if that's in place, if they've got things like SOC 2 in place, have, you know, has that been audited? Who's audited it? why it's been audited in that way does it marry up with everything that they're telling me that is that in place and so you're looking at not just their documents but other people's documents that say that it's possibly in place because with some uh some um auditing it's very vague i'm going to call it generalized is i think the word and for what i'm dealing with it's more process driven so you've got to ensure that it is in place that it is up to date that they are using it and that you can see that across um like for instance a sample of the network that you may be looking at so it's it's quite involved <laughs> but again it's so in interesting because no two things are the same no two uh, days are the same so you it's it can it just could never get boring <laughs> that's amazing well and I was gonna say I'm quite intrigued by that as well because then you know really it's that piece of you know ensuring that you know kind of walking the talk like it's not just that they're saying they're improving security it's that they actually are doing the things um to keep Definitely. things secure and that's where my compliance geek is going to come in um. <laughs> <laughs> well there you go that's what I said I love GRC it's you know, it's not just about checking whether they're doing dealing with the risks. It's also about the compliance. It's also about making sure the governance is in place. And so, you know, you get to write these lovely reports again. No, sorry. <laughs> it's not there. Fix it. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I'm not really laughing at them, but that's how much I love what I'm doing. So, yeah. I think it can also be a really good tool for education as well in the business. Um, I think a lot of people look at, GRC historically and look at audits and like oh god it's an audit you know it's a policy um but you know when you're going through stuff like that and you're asking why have you configured it this way why have you you know put this policy in place this way why have you done this um it really opens up an opportunity to educate people within the business um or you know customers or whatever um around why it's so important to kind of have that security by design and to look at that stuff from the outset rather than like, oh, you know, we've done this and then we'll slap a policy on top of it and that'll make it better. Well, it might take a box, but actually it's not about that. It's about kind of solving those underlying problems. So, um, yeah, I think that configuration bit where you kind of go that next layer down um, is more technical than what I can do at the minute. Um, but I'm, I've got a great team that's kind of helping me learn that. So I get to do the policy stuff now. Um, and kind of tag along to watch it's stuff that it sounds like you do, Dan, in terms of, you know, kind of taking that next step to look at, um, have you done what it says on the piece of paper, basically? Yeah. Um, but we've all got to start somewhere. So I think I've got slightly a bigger lead into it. I know that sounds like a really weird thing to say, but what, back when I used to do information security, that was before it all became super cyber, um, you know, you learn that there were certain procedures for things that you put in place and I think that that has really had a big impact on um, going you know going forward in terms of 
understanding, having that awareness of different parts of the business and how different parts of the business work. Um, and I think in terms of just my overall experience in terms of you know what I was doing then, and then the training and the in-between kind of made all the bits gel together. So when I got this job, I was just like, oh, I keep saying it. <laughs> I've said it about a million times, sorry, listeners. But like I was over the moon because it meant that I could use my past experiences um, in my current role. Um, and every day I learn something new. So it doesn't matter how much you think you know, um, every day you learn something new. And I think that's quite exciting as well. It is the thing that I love about cyber. Every day is a learning day. Um, every day you've got a different variable. You're not you're not going to be bored. I think one of the things you know. Thank you for my wonderful marketing career. I've had a I've had a fabulous time. I've worked with some brilliant people. And also, I should apologise to some of them because I think I've got quite frustrated at times. And frustrated hells was never a lot of fun. I was a bit short tempered sometimes. I apologise sincerely, sincerely. But I think it comes down from. Um, boredom and frustration and I don't and, and I haven't found that at all in cyber I've found every day is a learning day um, and picking up about what you were saying about your team Reg as well I've said it before and I'll say it again I really think that that's the value of a team that's the strength in all the different players that are there because we've all got different experiences and it's when you get to work together as a team that actually the you know teamwork makes the dream work that's what one of my cyber instructors told me and, and it's true it's absolutely brilliant I love it yeah, I'm going to... Se- oh, Megan. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to segue really quickly into LHS, actually, and hearing about your LHS stories, how you got into this community, how you heard about us, and, um, and I guess, really, a funny moment so far. Go on, Dan. <laughs> Back to me, is it? Right, OK. Your point you're unmuted so you you get to go <laughs> all right okay fair enough um so i um have different i'm part of different meetup groups and um I, I was getting really this is gonna sound terrible but i was getting really pantsed off with some of the cyber groups because they were very male orientated and um you know, if you ask the question, you you could you could hear the touch, you know, and certainly by the tone of the responses you get for certain things, you know, it was like, oh, you're a beginner, oh, and you're a woman, you yeah, know, that kind of, yeah. So that really sort of pants me off. And one day I, I saw something about Android, um, Android apps, um, that that you yep. that uh, LHS had, and I thought, you know what let me see what that's about so I joined up to do that and that's how I found the community and once I found it I was like oh and I remember asking my very first question it was like okay so if you're gonna go into a new area in you know with within cyber you know what what would you do first and I remember um Dida was the first person to answer me and I got all these answers I was like whoa these people are super responsive and they're all like go for it you know and that was definitive for me and I think that that was what made me stay part of um, LHS and also 
to be active within it because people in there really do care about each other and they really do help each other and I thought that was wonderful and there are guys in there and they're just as equally as helpful as the ladies in there and I think that's really really important so I found it to be amazing um the funniest story is probably got to be when we all did um the Halloween hack together which was at yeah, the coffin. at the coffin. It was absolutely amazing. Met wonderful women. What was our team again? What was our team called oh, again? You made up the um, name. <laughs> if you've yeah, got it haunted, that was it. <laughs> um, and uh, it was absolutely amazing. Um, I, I think some of the funniest moments was myself and yourself, Helen. We sat for a whole day trying to figure out this one thing, and we just we just kept sitting there going, "No, we've got to work it out." Um, and and it didn't happen and then um, you know I think I spent and for me it and it doesn't sound funny in the sense of ha-ha but it was funny in the sense that it it put everyone together in a way where we supported each other Um, and I've not experienced that anywhere else Um, but the fact that we thought we we started off in the, the lead we thought we were you know by day two I think it was halfway through day two we were like oh no that's it you know we've lost because we do you remember we went we dropped madly on the scoreboard and then you know and then the following day we we came second and we were like yeah we all wanted the second prize we didn't even want the first prize so I thought that was quite funny so Yeah. yeah um but it's an amazing community and um anyone listening who's never um tried it you really should um because if you really want to meet wonderful people who will support you you've got to go there you've just got to go yeah do you know what i think i think what you described right at the beginning was exactly why eliza set up the hacking society in the first place she's like i'm going to all these meetups they're all male they all look at me a little bit like a weirdo and when i'm asking questions that i don't know and she just wanted a, a female-led community and um yeah it's ace we've got it we're here yeah. <laughs> what about you red uh yeah i i'd echo that completely um i you know like i said i've i've kind of been passionate about cybersecurity for a while and so i would go to these events and it was like, as soon as somebody, number one, I'm a woman in there, so I'm already in the minority. And then as soon as I say that I'm in marketing, it's like people just switch off. And I started to go to these things to think, you know, the more I know about it, the better I can be at my at my marketing job. You know, if I, if I understand the market, if I understand the kind of technology, then I can sell the products better and I can write, you know, better marketing copy and I can do my job better. Um, and so I started going for that reason. Um, and I would have thought that that would be really welcomed by, you know, the wider tech community because marketing gets absolutely slated <laughs> all the time for not being, you know, not being correct, um, not understanding kind of what they're saying, you know, putting labels on things that don't really apply. Um, and so I would have thought that that was really something that would be welcomed. Um, and it was the complete opposite of that. It was like, you know, it just was as soon as they heard marketing, like you're not technical, you don't understand this is over your head, what are you doing here? Um, and LHS was just, you know, as soon as I went and, you know, oh, you're marketing, oh, great. You know, we've got someone else who's in marketing as well. You can chat. And there was never a kind of push, you know, and I, I did want to move out of marketing, but there was never a push to do that. There was never anyone who kind of looked down on my job title. Um, yeah. 
and it was just such an encouraging community there's all levels of you know from people who have literally just heard of cybersecurity last week to people who've been doing it for you know 30 years um there's such a range of people and personalities um and yeah i just i loved it i think i think it's really cool that we actually talk about leaving marketing for a second in a different context but add that career changer aspect of it um i think is a really important one to touch on how did you manage your steps from marketing into cyber because you do have to plan these things don't you yeah yeah massively um so i i get I will start off by saying I was, I've been incredibly lucky and I've been incredibly fortunate at so many points of, of my journey. Um, I have been lucky with the teams that I've worked with. Um, so in the businesses, I've had really great engineering teams, really great technical teams who have let me tag along, who let me have their training material when they were done with it, who let me sit in on their meetings and just kind of soak stuff in and ask questions and be annoying and, um, so I've been really fortunate to have people who have allowed me to learn from them, um, first of all. Um, but I just started asking questions. I just, you know, I fell in love with it. I started to learn every bit about it that I could um, from product knowledge. So I'd read product training manuals um, to, you know, um, I've done stuff like at the box and I kind of the cybersecurity industry, I know we talk about it as a collective thing all the time, but it has so many different aspects of it. Um, and I, you know, reverse engineering, I think is incredible. And I love the idea behind it. Um, but I just am not very good at it because I'm not that technically mind, you know, I'm okay. And I can follow small challenges, but I'm not, I'm never going to be that person that reverse engineers malware. Um, but I love it. And so it was really about kind of trying to narrow down what my next step was going to be. And there's a difference between stuff that I was interested in and stuff that I was actually good at. Um, and so it was kind of basically play with the industry, see what you like, see what you don't like, see what you're interested in. Um, and then just kind of take steps to, to put that in place. Um, so I knew that GRC would be a good match because of my background. Um, and I knew it was something that I enjoyed. Um, and so I started to look at qualifications and started to look at um, additional things that I could take on in my current role. Um, so things like GDPR, I did some GDPR consultancy when that came into place. Um, so ask, you know, if there's something that you're interested in that's outside of your normal job scope, just stick your hand up and ask. You know, people love, in most places, people love a volunteer. <laughs> you know, if there's a bit of, of extra responsibility that you can take on to learn something, um, you know, get immersed in it um, and figure out if it's if it's for you or not. Yeah, I think that's a great point, actually, about I feel that as well when I first, you know, started coming to LHS meetups, it's the encouragement to kind of just try things, just go for it. Um, and you know, I had no idea also you were interested in the whole reverse engineering yes. thing, which is another thing we'll have to catch up at some point. <laughs> did um, we just become best friends? <laughs> I think we did. <laughs> um, you know, and I think both Reg and Dan, you've both kind of mentioned how, you know, in terms of career change and moving within the industry, there were skills that you brought with you. Um, so I'm quite interested to hear as well um, maybe starting with Dan, kind of what you feel were some of the skills that we may not think 
about cybersecurity that actually you find really useful. Um, because I think it's really important that people realize, you know, well, there is a ton of um, technical skills and that's what we're about teaching at LHS. There are other um, bits and skills that you can bring that, that really help. Um, okay, so a lot of ladies um, tend to forego the fact that we have, in the majority of us have really amazing soft skills. And people tend to look at cyber and go, oh, it's all got to be technical, it's all got to be technical. Well, yeah, that's wonderful. But if you can't convey and, and communicate that technicality to a CEO who has got absolutely no understanding whatsoever of anything technical, yeah, or, or an, you know, the accounts manager who is, you know, finance-based, then you're in trouble straight away. So I think the fact that you have good communication skills um, is really key. And I find that a lot of women tend to be able to convey things in different, in sort of a simplified format. So you can, you know, have all that knowledge in there, but you can put it, you know, in a way that somebody else understands. So I think that's important. And that was definitely a skill that I think I was able to, to bring in. Um, I think the fact that um, attention to detail tends to be something that a lot of women forego again from previous careers. So, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I'm not saying men don't have it, but I tend to find that women tend to have this thing. Is that 100%? Let me reread it. Let me check that again. Let me, you know, oh, look, that's been missed. It might just be a dot, but it, that dot could be the difference between it being £100 and £1,000, that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of women tend to forget that they have those skills and that they can bring, you know, but if you're a parent, and I definitely say this for ladies who, who, who have children, you know, think about the times when you've sat there and you've had the patience to sit through reading or doing whatever with your children. You know, all of those things are things that you're going to need in order to do your job well. And you already have those skills. So don't put yourself down and think, oh, well, I was only a parent and so I'm never going to be able to do it. No, being a parent is probably one of the hardest jobs in the world. And it means you've got tons of skills that you can bring in with you technical things you can learn being um a person that has patience those types of things they are things that you already you you already had so yeah that would be my answer amazing and yeah thank you for sharing i think as you say it, it is quite critical to be able to kind of communicate well and to engage people um to really get them both kind of caring about why it matters. And as you said, you know, that attention to detail and making sure that um, we're not missing anything. So I'm interested, Reg, as well, kind of what, what you feel um, also has helped you kind of get into cyber in terms of those skills. Yeah, um, so yeah, I think first of all, you know, like Dan said, the soft skills, I think, um, I think a lot of people gloss over and kind of don't don't play up their strengths. Um, I think the other thing that um, is hopefully becoming more of a thing within the industry um, is, you know, cybersecurity used to be 
this kind of this I don't know forbidding kind of difficult thing to you know you didn't know what the people who worked in it were doing and it was all very secretive and it was a bit scary um and actually it should be touching every part of a business you know there is a security element in everything that people are doing from finance to marketing to sales to you know whatever there should be an element of security built within that um and so i think um i think anyone who's kind of been on the other side of a security program or a bad security program has seen you know I think we've all sat through a really bad security awareness training where we've gone right that's that box ticked and now I don't have to think about it for the next year um and if you've ever kind of you know come up against a, a security team or butted heads with someone because they've been a business blocker I think it's hopefully becoming more of a thing to to make security a business enabler and to really make it something that can differentiate a business and you know it should be something that businesses should really be embracing and that people should be embracing um and so if you can if you've got experience from being on the other side of that i think people who have kind of grown up in security and they've you know been hacking since they were eight years old or whatever they think of it they they're a bit blinded because they've been in that world their entire lives um, being on the other side of it, I think that you can add a real um, element of pragmatism. You can add a real element of um, making it applicable to people's daily lives. Um, I've just been pulling up my um, my job uh, advert that I applied for, and there was one sentence in there that really made it stand out to me. Um, and it was, uh, as a forbidding process is a bypass process, and a bypass process is a security incident in the making. And I loved that um, because it, you know, security sets up all these things and that's how people think of it is, is, is this business blocker. It makes their lives difficult. They're out to get them. They're out to try and catch them doing something wrong. Um, and if you've got experience in other parts of the business, you can make security relevant to the rest of the business. You can be that person that reaches across the aisle and gets them engaged and gets them to buy into why it's so important. Um, so I think seeing things from the other side, you know, that's a massive, massive benefit to to a security team, to a business, um, and people need to play that up more. I think. Yeah, knowing knowing um, why you choose to bypass um, a security protocol because it makes your life yep. easier, um, you know, or you can't be bothered, or you just need yep. to do something quickly. But you're completely right. You know, it's. It's, it's one of the things that I love about cyber so much. It's the human factor. It's the human behavioural element of it, because I think that's a really important part of, well, I find it an important part of cyber, understanding why people's behaviours leave, um, yeah. leave things open to security issues. But then also from the other side, when you've got organised crime, gangs or you know, even individual people that are just up to mischief, you know, what they're thinking in terms of how they can break in as well, because um, why do they do it? Why? Why? It's the great question. It's really, really cool. Um, but I, I'm just going to come back to you really quickly, Reg, on one uh, on one thing, because, and also uh, back to Dan as well, uh, on a second side, but I just want to talk about certifications really quickly. It, it, it's a bit of a jumble. It's a bit of a minefield. Some of our listeners may have indeed seen the same graphs, because there's so many different types of careers within cybersecurity. So there's all these different certifications about whether or not you're going to be a pen tester, GRC, if you're going to be a manager, you know, if you're going to be a defender, a red team, a blue teamer, it's quite a minefield. So 
and there's a, there's all these other things about there's a skills gap and then there's other things about um you needed when you see these job applications there's like a, a ton of stuff on there that they want you to have you know um we've joked about it before about whether or not you know some of the requirements of the experience have actually greater than the number of years that product's been around for so you know the irony is there as well but figuring out that certification jumble navigating that minefield so that you could either change careers or in dan's case come back after um, a career break reg what did you do how did you figure it out um so i mine was again a, a kind of non-traditional you know i'm not saying that the way i did it would work for everybody um because of my background, um, so I used to own my own business. Um, I've been fairly senior in marketing for a while. Um, so I was really involved with a lot of the strategic business decisions, which maybe didn't necessarily fall within marketing in a bigger organization. So I had a lot of that um, business experience. Um, and I knew, number one, I'm not very technical, so I'm not going to go in as a SOC analyst or something. You know, I'm not going to be on the ground. Um, I was used in my previous role, I ran a department. Um, so I knew that I was going to go in, you know, not ahead of level, but I was going to go in above, you know, entry level. Um, and so I, um, I went, I decided I was going to go for a CISP um, certification. Uh, and, you know, I know that there's a lot of stigma around that. Um, it's a bit of a, you know, a punchline in the industry. Um, I went for that because it shows it's that kind of rubber stamp. It demonstrates the knowledge that I've thought I've had, and it just kind of demonstrates that to people that I do have that. Um, I'm not a CISP because I don't have the five years of hands-on experience, but I've passed the exam um, and I'm kind of working towards that, that next um, step. Uh, but well for me, thank That's you. That's a huge achievement. Thank you. It really is. Um, but yeah, for me, it was about kind of what certification is going to say what I want to say to the marketplace. Um, and, you know, that comes back to look playing around with things and, you know, figure out what you want to do. A lot of people, yeah. you know, people, there's recruitment ads where people are asking for a CISP, you know, for an entry level. Well, like I, like I just said, you can't be a CISP and have entry level, you know, and have no experience because you have to have experience to be a full-fledged uh, member yeah um so i think a lot of people look at these high achieving qualifications and go i'll go right for those um but if you don't want to be a manager if you don't like the policy if you don't like the business side of it then don't bother you know go for the ones that you like um there's pen testing certifications you know there's technical certifications go for the yeah. stuff that you really like um and then also look at the gaps that you need to fill um so if there's things that you don't have um, and you know that that's going to stand out to a recruiter. So if you've got loads of experience in this one industry, but you want to move across and do something different, look for a certification, even if it's a basic one, look for something that will show them. I don't, I might not have the job experience of that, but here's something that shows that I have that knowledge. Um, yeah. So use it to your advantage and use it to fill those gaps in your, in your CV if you, you know, if you need to. Yeah. And, and also don't, don't wait for them to apply. Yeah do do start reaching out to recruiters having conversations with people I think um because a lot of it's just a shopping list isn't it these certifications yeah. that they put on um job sheets so so don't wait do go for it anyway and there are actually loads of free resources so thinking about all the certifications that are listed and they're out there 
we don't want to let them become a barrier to somebody thinking about moving over because the cost of them can be quite yeah. considerable as well. So um, you're going to be fortunate, I think, if you can have a, a company that, that's got a training budget that can pay for it. Yeah. 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 Which is cool. And what about you, Dan? What have you, what, what have you, what gave you a bit more confidence when you came back after your career break after you um, grew your family? That sounds a bit weird, grew your family. Put <laughs> <laughs> them in the ground, water them. Bit of sunlight. So, um, I think from from my end, uh, everything I was already doing was quite technical. So I'm coming from probably the opposite end to to Reg. Um, But I knew that um, some of the qualifications that I had were what you call out of date. Um, And it was kind of like, right, what what do I do? So I just decided that, you know, because the way things had changed I just thought you know what let me just start at the beginning and you know go and get things like um, my CompTIA qualifications again um, those types of things or sorry I say again but get those because they they were the ones that seemed to be in quite high demand and they still are so a lot of the um, sort of entry level posts for things tend to ask for things like um, you know, your network plus, your security plus, um, possibly your size plus if you're going up a little bit further, um, sort of, you know, midway. And they, those are the kind of qualifications they were asking for, for people who wanted to work, for instance, in SOC analysis, threat intel, those kinds of things. So I thought, right, okay, you know what, I'm going to go off and, and and do those. So I started off by getting those things first. Um, and um, that then led to doing my CASP, um, which um, really did open quite a lot of doors for me. What's a CASP, Dan? Oh, sorry. I was going to ask the same thing. <laughs> I'm naming all these things and I'm going, oh, everyone knows what I'm talking about. So I'm like... And you don't. Okay, so my CISA is, um, they're, they're all uh, CompTIA exams, right? So I'm sorry, because apologies. So your CASP is where you become a practitioner. So you're a certified um, practitioner for cyber. And that yep. is a CompTIA exam. So that, that one down from that is your CISA. Yeah. Um, so with your CISA, that means you're, you're, you know, you're a safe, you're, get it out, woman. <laughs> so you're accredited yeah. uh, at the higher end of uh, cyber, but your CASP is literally, you know, yeah, you're a certified practitioner. So I, I decided that, you know, that was the route that I was going to take. So that was what I did. Um, oh. And in doing that, um, that's when I realised that, yeah, I like the technical stuff, but why can't I add the stuff that I was doing from before? Um, and that's when policies and I became, <laughs> I fell in love with policies again. Uh, I, I call it again because it's like a rekindling of an old love. Um, and, you know, I just said, right, okay, you know what, I'm not going to go out there into the market and do 
a fully technical job again what I'd like to do is do something across between the two things that I've been doing previously yeah so I went off and got um SISM um which quantified what I already had been doing and what I'd been doing from previous um and I used those things to help me with my role now which is in GRC um so I, I always knew that I'd probably go back to it um because as I said it was a love for me but qualification wise um when you're starting from the ground upwards if you know that you want a more technical role you should look at the more technical types of qualifications whereas if you're looking at GRC you need to be looking at your ISO 27001 um you know GDPR is great, um, but I think your ISO and NIST, um, having a real, <laughs> she's just naming stuff. <laughs> They're all right. certifications listeners. Right, we, we love a good acronym in, right. <laughs> in oh, cyber. We do. <laughs> what, what we'll do is we'll put... There's, there's a there's a pdf that i have that um that i can link in the show notes that shows all the different types of certs and all of these different routes and you'll be able to see what dan's talking about um sorry dan what were you going to say <laughs> yeah, after this so, yeah so like and and then you've obviously got you know your financial ones for pci dss um and uh, uh one of the newer american types of you know you've got your socks and your sarbanes oxley um, your Kosoko, yes. those types of things. So as you go deeper in, you'll find that you know yeah. your your you you need to quantify your knowledge based on different frameworks and standards uh, internationally. So even if you're working with China, there's a different set. They've got a specific set of rules and regulations that you have to work inside. Yeah. Germany have a particular set, even yeah. though they're part of the EU. They have an internal country set as well. Yeah. These are all the nuances you have to, you, you know, you have to learn. But I think so. Those are the types of nuances I think that you learn with the years of experience that you have in doing in doing these roles, isn't it? So, yeah, definitely. I mean, for for starters, I think for GRC, it's good to have a a, a good understanding of ISO twenty seven thousand and one. Definitely. Um, yeah. and how it works because you're going to use it every day and it, it's one of those standards that you build things like COBIT cool. onto um, but if you're going to go in for a technical role I definitely would recommend anyone doing one in that to start with at least the network plus from CompTIA um, followed by the security plus and that will get you in so many doors you'll be surprised wonderful thank you Dan that's awesome Sorry, I'll just add to that quickly. So um, I, again, got really lucky in some of the organizations I've worked in who had ISO 27001 um, or who were starting to go for it. And so I kind of put my hand up um, and asked to get involved in drafting of those policies in the audits. Um, So it's a massive pain gathering evidence for it. It's, you know, it's a lot of work. If your business has it and it's something you're interested in, go to whoever is that kind of policy owner, whoever's in charge of of your audits um, and volunteer and ask to help um, because that will teach you so much about the business that you're in. 
Um, it will teach you so much around, you know, policies and how they're put together, um, what aspects of the business they cover. Um, so yeah, I would echo that. 27,001 is a great one. Um, it's enormous um, and, you know, people always want help with it. So if your business has it, you know, put your hand up and, and volunteer and get involved. And you know what, I love that, Reg, because that's a really practical way to kind of navigate the barrier of feeling like you need to have a certification first, because there's always a way in which you can gain relevant experience if you think creatively about it. And that will and that will always impress a recruiter or an employer. Can I just say for those people who are looking at those things, there are a number of amazing sites online where you can get practical help and there's communities for it for ISO 27001 and they are free. Even the resources to do the exams are free. The only bit you pay for is the exam itself. Oh, I feel like this is a great segue into kind of what I've been thinking about this whole time. Um, I mean, obviously there's the certs as well, which I think are obviously important and yeah. I myself have that kind of mix of some technical and some managerial looking at, you know, what I needed for jobs. But I think another great way, as you've kind of alluded to there, Dan, is about the communities that we're in. And I think, you know, as you're, you start to get involved in communities and start to learn what your interests are and things like that, um, it's really good to kind of have your own kind of cyber heroes cyber superheroes um, that, you know, you either look up to or, you know, a lot of times they're quite approachable as well, willing to help and things like that. So um, maybe starting with Dan, who are your cyber superheroes? Um, gosh, right. This one was really hard for me, um, particularly because I had it from sort of both ends. So there's a lady by the name of Dr. Elizabeth uh, Pinkney. She is really, really super amazing. And she's really an interesting person. Um, and she's done really well. But I think I'm going to have to go with my two gentlemen. Um, and uh, <laughs> Gary and Zishan. And they are um, CompTIA evangelists. And... Uh, Zishan is the director of CompTIA studies for something they have, a program they have called Cyber Ready. And um, the program basically takes anybody, um, they don't care whether you're a woman, man, not interested, whether you've got loads of background in um, IT or not from before, but you have to have the willingness to learn. And basically they take you through a program where they take you through SEC plus and CISA plus um, for free. And uh, the program uh, has been running for about two years now. Um, it has government funding um, for it. They teach you everything you have to know and everything you're gonna need to know in order to do like SOC type roles, you know, the technical type roles. Um, and your exams are also paid for as well. And I think they've done an amazing job um, and they've helped lots and lots of people. 
um, lots of women have gone through that program and come out the other end, um, you know, uh, and got into very well-paid jobs. So for me, they're kind of like superheroes that are just around the corner type thing. Amazing. Um, so um, in terms of your superheroes, like how, how did you find out about that program or how, how did you find them? How could some of our listeners find them? Um, yeah, they're also interested. So you can find um, Zishan and Gary on LinkedIn. You can, uh, if you type into um, any search engine, CompTIA Cyber Ready Program, you will find details there. The program, I think the current program is um, due to come to an end. So they'll be starting a new program just, um, I believe it's in June, July time. So anybody who's interested, you know, you need now's the time to go and find out a little bit more about the program. Um, you are helped all the way through all the books, everything you need is there. There are classroom sessions once every, I think it's about uh, once a month or so, um, where they bring you in and do stuff. Um, and if you just, in fact, on, on or in LinkedIn, if you type in cyber ready you're going to find loads of people who've been through the program there who'll tell you more amazing well we'll be sure to also add details in the show notes as well so anyone who's listening that'd be fabulous thank you and what about you reg who are your cyber superhero uh mine are not nearly as um altruistic as dad um so uh there's so many, this was really, really difficult for me and I still have kind of cheated. Um, there's so many I know, people within- I know, I noticed that Dan stuck in a third, to be honest. Did you see how she snuck? I noticed, I noticed. But go on, no, right, go on. and Gary went together kind of thing. I just yeah, package deal. <laughs> package deal. Yeah. Go on. Um, so I, I've gone with the first event um, which was put together by Trend Micro, um, and it's called CloudSec. Um, I have no idea if it's moved online or if they kind of still um, still are going ahead with it, um, but it was an event I went to a few years ago. Um, we were a trend reseller, um, and it was just one of the best events. It's still in my mind. It was the one where I went, right, this is, you know, this is for me now. Um, it was not salesy. It was not vendor you know kind of snake oil it just every single speaker um was relevant was interesting um so they had jeff white speaking who's a cybersecurity journalist um they had rick ferguson who's absolutely one of my rock stars um not only does he look like a rock star but he's super super interesting um and then jenny radcliffe um who uh is a social engineering um hacker um and go on I was going to say, do you think, do you think she snuck in three cyber heroes there, Megan? I noticed this. She's got a fourth. Again, it's a package. There's three people who spoke in an event. Packaged as an event. Yes. But yeah, I just, you know, they, they all just got me so excited about the industry yeah. and about they you know they all do wildly different things in the industry yeah. um 
and but I just I have to give a shout out to you know to Trend um, for that event and for the stuff that they do in general. Their research is always so interesting. Um, I'm not affiliated with them. This isn't a Trend micro plug. Um, I just think that they're a great company, um, and I think that the stuff that they do for the industry is is wonderful. Um, I yeah. love. You know, I love all of their research. I love their initiatives they put together, their events. Um, and like I said, I think Rick is a rock star. So. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I can echo all of that. Trend has quite a transparent um, um, threat researching um, element to it, which I've, I've, I've gone to for research papers myself. And those um, speakers, I've got Jeff's book, which I'm yep. enjoying. Thanks, Jeff. And I saw him speak. I went, I went to... Um, Black Hat 2019 with um, Tash, who ran the Norwich chapter, and we, and we sat there and we were like, see you later, Jeff, thanks, we had a great time. First name basis. Yeah, well, pretended, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and then, um, and, and Jenny Radcliffe, she definitely got me, got perked my interest, because everything's human, human factor, isn't it? Mm. And Rick, it's just the mane, isn't it? I know, I know, I'm just, I would kill for that hair. <laughs> I um I used to work in the same building as him, uh, and we got in the lift one day, and in he walked, and I literally just couldn't say anything. I was like, oh, it's like an actual celebrity. Oh my god! <laughs> like fangirling in the lift. <laughs> yeah, I got when I got to the office, I was like, guys, he's like my cyber. I did. He's like my cyber hero. Reg, you're such a nerd. <laughs> Um, no, I love it. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So, uh, so Megan, it, your turn. Who is your cyber superhero that you'd like to collect? Try and do, a, you know, a person, an event, a group. You know, are you going to try many, more? See how many you can fit in, Megan. Just go for right. it. How many degrees of cyber security are we? Like, <laughs> that's the thing. You can't cut your microphone. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> How many degrees of Rick? Maybe that's our. Uh... <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, I I think as well. You know, thinking about this, there's so many options in terms of people that can be, you know, cybersecurity superheroes. Um, and I think for me, as I've gotten more involved, so. Um, yes, I've been involved in LHS for a while in terms of going to events, seeing things, watching demos, but I think it's taken kind of that support over a little while to become a bit more confident in getting kind of hands-on with the technical bits of security that maybe for a while I was lying to myself that I wasn't interested in. Um, <laughs> and so as I have you know, taking more interest um, and getting to know, obviously, through LHS, especially now that we've been kind of virtual as well um, and working closely with the different chapters. I actually want to say that Nat, so uh, at Dr. Natalie Cole on Twitter, uh, <laughs> um, is my cybersecurity superhero. And She's amazing. She she really is. And I think for a long time, as with any superheroes, right? We're like, oh God, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm too afraid to like write and, and ask them for anything, right? Like, oh no. But finally, I was just like, you want to know what? I've been looking and reading about malware analysis. I can't talk. Malware analysis, you know, reverse engineering and stuff like that. And I thought, 
you know, it's mentioning kind of C, assembly, coding, and I thought, Nat, Nat. So, um, <laughs> so I did ping her a message in Slack, and she's just been super helpful in both kind of pointing out starting resources, pointing out concepts. So she's like, you know, yes, C is going to be useful, but then you also want to know memory management, look at the heap and stack, you know, and just different concepts that, you know, may be useful in fitting those different pieces together and some courses, you know, to look at when I get to the point of assembly, which is still a little terrifying, but, you know, we'll get there eventually. Um, <laughs> but the best thing as well is I think she's so candid as well. So, you know, she offers all this help, right? And she ends the message with, you've picked like the hardest discipline to have a go at. <laughs> so true. Like, that's me. Um, I mean, it's on brand, right? I'm going to go from nothing to like super difficult, like challenge, right? But, um, but at the same time, it was followed up with that encouragement of like, but go for it and shout if you need anything. And, you know, honestly, every time I've just had a quick question or something like that she's been incredibly helpful so yeah she is she, I, I would say go Dr Natalie Colg too she's absolutely fabulous I love the commentary that comes out of ladies of Cheltenham Hacking Society she has excellent giffage and she always brings a lot of fun always brings a lot of fun I think so um, I'd agree with that that's a cool one definitely we love you, oh. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all of a sudden I'm paused. Um, <laughs> um, so Helen, is is Nat also your cybersecurity superhero? Or I do I do have fan love for for Nat. She does make me giggle an awful lot. But I'm actually going to call out a lady called um, Irina Logan. Or Logan. So she is. Um, She's been my trainer at the Tech Talent Academy. So I've just done a 10 week women in cyber course. Um, Tech Talent Academy have become LHS partners. So they're helping keep running costs and platform costs all covered, which is absolutely fabulous. So we love you Tech Talent Academy, thank you. But I actually really wanna call out Irina because she is just so supportive, so warm. She has so much patience when we're like, don't know, don't get it. How do we do this? Um, you know, maths isn't my strongest point. And when we've been doing some of the, the, the programs, you know, trying to you know, create a calculator in Python or something like that, I'm like, I don't get it, I don't get it. And she's just so patient when she just talks us through, sending us all these extra resources. Um, and she's taking on all of these courses while she is also doing a load of AWS certifications and other bits and pieces herself so um she's she's brilliant she is so patient she is an excellent teacher and trainer um as her first cohort I can I can I can solidly say from all of us who were there we love you so much Irina thank you so much for everything that you did for us and um and if you do get to train with the Tech Talent Academy and you get Irina you're a lucky so-and-so that's what I can say yeah. go Irina 
Oh, she sounds amazing. And how driven to be teaching and also doing her own certification at the same time. I know she's done, she's done loads of stuff. She knows everything. I mean, she's literally, she's done all the jobs for the last 10 years and and she's done all the jobs so that she can actually become a trainer. That that was what she really wanted to do and what she wanted to look for. So, um, and she's brilliant at it. Absolutely brilliant. So I guess that kind of brings us up to the end of the show and it's time to wrap up for a bit. So what have we got coming up? What, what's happening for um, all the chapters, Megan? Sure. Well, of course, don't forget to check out all the chapters meetup pages for the latest and what's going on. Um, we are virtual for the foreseeable future. So that makes it really easy that you can just sign up to anything that you're interested in. Um, especially with being virtual, um, more chapters get to cover content and we get to meet more people. So um, we've also had the new year, new, new year, new you with all the chapters and amazing speakers as well. Uh, so if you're interested in getting started in cyber, you can go to our YouTube channel and have a look at anything you've missed. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. You can always catch us up on there. But also we've got coming soon, we've got a new chapter opening. So we're going to say welcome to the Glasgow Girls. Welcome. We're looking forward to their launch uh, in February this month. So um, we'll definitely have them on a podcast soon as well. So plenty to look forward to. Um, we've, We've kind of run over a bit, you know, sorry if you listen to us whilst you were going for a run you've been uh, going for a long time now I'm sure you've done a great job great workout it's good for you it's good for you so I'd just like to say a really huge thank you to our amazing guests Reg and Dan thank you thank you for having me oh it's been amazing thank you for joining us it's been awesome so I just want to say thank you Megan and Dan and Reg and (laughs) hopefully we'll see you again uh, next time. Thank you listeners for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 See you. Bye.